We got fingernails made of stone. A party monster powered by pina coladas. And who the hell is Edgar? All that and more on our recap of Eurovision 2023. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Eurovangelist recap of Eurovision 2023 Liverpool. I am Jeremy Bent. I'm Oscar Montoya. I'm Dimitri Pompey. And we are the Eurovangelists. We're here to get you into Eurovision. If this is your very first Eurovision Song Contest you've ever seen, welcome. You're going to have a great time. This Congratulations. So much fun. Yes. You chose a very fun and controversial year to show up. Ooh, mm-hmm. always fun to start on a spicy year. Uh, yeah, a lot going on in this uh, in this Eurovision, and I can't wait to talk about it. I actually got really pumped up to chat about it, re-watching it. I'm glad you feel that way, because the first time we watched together, you had just come home from Paris, <laughs> and you right. were the walking dead. Like, you were struggling so hard to keep your eyes open. Like, you very much wanted to watch it, but you just couldn't stay awake. I will say, watching it now, I was like, oh, I definitely did not see this the first time. <laughs> no <laughs> I, It's a nine-hour time difference between Los Angeles and Paris. And yeah, like Dimitri said, we watched it the day after we got back from Paris from a wedding. And I was like, oh, You were okay. still jet-lagged. Yeah, very jet-lagged. So I kind of appreciate having the opportunity to revisit it because there's a lot of good stuff that I very much missed the first time around. Oh, absolutely. Oh, my gosh. But before we head over to Europe, let's start by getting ourselves in the pop culture headspace of 2023. You know, this segment will probably make more sense when we do a Eurovision recap for a year further back than just last year. But yes, we must. Let's do our pop culture rewind. Rewind! Biggest milestones. We got the biggest movie of the year, which is Barbie. <laughs> Amazing. Then uh, you had the Barbieheimer conglomerate of Oppenheimer and Barbie. So pop culture, we know where we are all over the place. Also, there were two major concert events that were going on this year. We had the Beyonce Renaissance Tour and the Taylor Swift Eras Tour, which really I mean, resuscitated the music industry and the concert industry because they were humongous events that happened in the massive, U.S. Massive tours. Let's reflect later on at the end of this episode as because the Eras Tour does have an impact on Eurovision. Oh, really? Mm. Okay, well, we'll put a pin in that. Also, the number one song of the year was Miley Cyrus's Flowers. Which, that, that's a banger, but a shocking surprise that it wasn't a Beyonce song or a Taylor Swift song. I know, I'm a it little surprised. It was Miley Cyrus. I know, exactly. So that was going on in the U.S. pop culture-wise. Oh, and of course, let us not forget the Rihanna Super Bowl halftime oh. show where a lot of people, it was very controversial because it was great, but a lot of people said that she sort of phoned it in because she hasn't been performing in a long time and she was fully pregnant while she was performing. I don't know that you can say that a woman phoned it in when she's fully pregnant on like, <laughs> <laughs> suspended platforms above a like Super Bowl field. I was like, how is that phoned in? It's true. If I did my job the way she phones it in, I'd be a multi-time Emmy winner by now. Like, this is ridiculous. Exactly, exactly. So that was going on in the US. But meanwhile, in Europe, 
What was going on in Europe in 2023 that might have had some impact on the songs that we hear at this year's Eurovision? We have to talk about the biggest story in Europe, which not only obviously affected Europe quite a bit in 2023, but also had a major impact on Eurovision. In fact, creating a situation that is a first in the 67 years of Eurovision that a country has won Eurovision and is not able to host the national final due to the Russia-Ukraine war. This is huge. There are lots of reasons why winning countries have chosen not to host combat. This, I believe this is the first time. I think Ukraine probably very much wanted to host, but it was just not safe to do. And so thankfully, the second place winner of the UK uh, offered to host, uh, has not hosted in a while. <laughs> so they were probably <laughs> excited by the prospect of it. They had to dust off the old 1998 playbook. Exactly. Oh my gosh. But that's why you'll notice, again, if this is your first time watching Eurovision, uh, we'll talk about the postcards in a second. But you might be like, well, why are they showing places in Ukraine and in the UK before the home country? And that's why as Ukraine won in 2022 and was going to host, but not an option for the Ukrainian people. They sure did put up a, a hell of a fight, though. Zelensky is like, is like, oh, it'll be in Kiev. You'll see it here. And we're like, I appreciate the enthusiasm, but I don't know if that's a great idea. <laughs> I, I don't know if it was a national pride thing or maybe they legitimately believe that they could, but they basically had me told by the EBU, it's not happening. Yeah, so I think that is sort of the biggest thing that's going on in Europe all of 2023. I mean, still talked about now. Absolutely. And the big thing, too, that I thought was kind of cool is that it was hosted in Liverpool in the UK, but they were very clear about it being still a Ukrainian show this was still for the people of ukraine which is interesting because you know like dimitri was saying there's been years where the host country doesn't host and another country takes it but this one was very much it's still spiritually the ukrainian eurovision hosted it's just in a different location and i thought it was done really well i agree a lot of ukrainian influence obviously having ukrainian performers as part of it but also having a ukrainian co-host mm -hmm. yeah yeah I, I thought they did a really good job and that's how apparently how they got the slogan for this Eurovision, United by Music, which I guess they are keeping for 2024. Forever. That is now the slogan. We're not doing new slogans ever no again. We're sticking with United by Music. I can get behind that. United by Music is like a good slogan for Eurovision. I mean, that's that's their that's the, uh, that's modus operandi. You know what I mean? That's that's what they that's their vibe. That's their deal. I did like the original slogans, but slogans have only been around for like 20 years. So I haven't like really. Yeah, I can live without them. And United by Music is a good one. I will say my one criticism of the UK hosting is that I wanted them to bill it as Eurovision 2023 UK Reign, like capital UK Reign uh, as one word. Mm. I thought that would have been great. Some graphic designer is sitting on a poster that's like, it's perfect. It's perfect. <laughs> UK is in. You, you can't spell it, Ukraine. It, without it was perfect. And it was a missed opportunity. UK rain. That is very funny. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Now, you don't just get your Eurovision competitors by accident. There's a whole story on how they got here that had our show existed in 2023, you would have heard all about. But since we don't have time for all that, Dimitri... Why don't you give us the highlights and the lowlights of how we got this year's entrance in a segment we call The Road to Eurovision 2023. All right. 
So with 37 countries participating in Eurovision 2023, there were a lot of national finals. Jeremy and Oscar won't let me talk about all of them, but I did want to draw attention to a few of the bigger stories. That's a whole nother episode if we're going to talk about all 37. It is worth listening Uh, to. All right, maybe next year. (laughs) So this year, San Marino had well over 100 competitors trying to get in. That, I was about to say that is a lot, but for reference, how many do they usually have? You know, their format is so wild and changes so frequently. The only consistency about San Marino is a lack of consistency. Exactly. Like, as long as it's the most chaotic thing you can imagine, that's the one. (laughs) But one person who stood out in the San Marinese contest was Ranella. If you're a Eurovision fan and that name sounds familiar to you, it should. She actually competed for Albania last year with Secret. Oscar, you remember Secret? Yeah, I do. That's all ripped, dude. She did not win Eurovision. She was pretty salty about it. And she tried to come back and represent San Marino as opposed to Albania this year. And it did not go great. Albania is like, all right, enough. (laughs) The secret's out and we don't want you anymore. But she served. She served. She served. Like, look, it wasn't a great performance, but I love that song. I had it at my number one for a very long time. So I know mistakes were made. Dimitri, correct me if I'm wrong. San Marino will kind of take anybody for their like national final. They do give preference to San Marinese acts, but if you're a musician, you are generally allowed to apply. Listen, they had Flo Rida last year. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Yeah, so the door is open at San Marino if you feel like you've really got a banger. So aside from Ranella, there was another act that drew some interest, some attention. It was the legendary Eiffel 65 of Blue Daba D fame. Heard of him? I think you mean Eiffel 65 of my console fame? Yes, that's right. Oh, my God. A much better song about how awesome the PlayStation is. That's right. If anyone has not heard Eiffel 65's my console, it's literally them just naming PlayStation 1 games. It was a hit for 13-year-old boys. If I could go back in time, I'd tell Eiffel 65, sit on my console. Do not release it, because you're going to need it to compete for Eurovision in 2023. Oh, that's man. the song that's going to take Imagine you to the top. Imagine that they tried to get into Eurovision with my console. It's Hey, crazier things have happened. I was going to say, I was like, it's not so crazy. <laughs> it's not. Well, Eiffel 65, we salute you in your attempt, but you got to come up with something that, that goes as hard as my console. <laughs> Wait, Eiffel 65 is from where exactly? I think they're Italian. Then why are they called Eiffel? And why 65? You're asking all the right questions. <laughs> <laughs> But Dimitri, let's return to the road to Eurovision. Any other interesting national final stories we should hear before we get into the show? So Spain's national final is called Benidorm Fest. It's relatively new. Uh, Its first edition was in 2022. This was the second edition of Benidorm. Last year was a little contentious. There was uh, some accusations of vote rigging and jury favorites being among the votes.
voting, but you know, it was it worked out pretty well because Chanel uh with her song Slow Mo came in in third place. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. You know what solves every problem? Winning. And she didn't win, but she came very close. Hey, third is third is good. There was no complaints after that. So obviously after that amazing result for Spain, they're like, "Let's do Benidorm again," which I love because Benidorm is one of my favorite national finals, which is really saying something because it's so new. This year as just like last year, they had a big class of amazing performers. It was a three horse race by the end between the legendary Vico, a relatively new a newcomer in Spanish Brilliant artist named Agony, which is just what a great name. Great name. And the eventual winner, Blanca Paloma, with a beautiful song about her grandmother and women of her ancestral line speaking to her through music. I believe she competed in the Junior Eurovision Song Contest. Her sister did. Oh, her sister she, did. That's right. She performed in Benidorm last year as well. Ah. And she absolutely dominated this year. It was clear she was going to win, but everyone put up a great act. We'll link to 2023 Benidorm in the uh, notes for the show if you want to go check it out, because I believe it's still available. Right, Dimitri? It absolutely is. And I watch it at least twice twice a month is that true Ooh, that is absolutely true i love that i love that better dorm fest it's the official dimitri pick for national <laughs> finals 2023 another a national final of interest was norway because 2020's winner of the Nor norway's melody grand prix ulriki she didn't get a chance to compete because the 2020 course, contest was canceled very tragic. so yeah. the next year they gave her an option you can go straight to the final if you want and she said no I will only compete again when I have a song that I believe wow, will get respect. me to Eurovision. Okay. And she put out a great song. It's a beautiful song about a friend going through a hard time and how to be there for a friend. And she did not win, but she gave her all. She really did. She gave her all, and I think that's worth respect. Also, there was a song about prohibition in there as well, so it was weird. <laughs> okay. All right. A little weird. <laughs> Again, we can't talk about all the national finals, but I think we have to talk about Sweden's because this is where I'm going to put my tinfoil hat on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. Starting early. Okay. Sweden's Melody Festivalen is one of the greatest national finals. Are you talking about Melfest? Yeah. Oh, yes. Melfest, as we cool kids As, call as we <laughs> Eurovision people in the know call it. Yeah. Let's put our sunglasses on. Now, Melfest usually has a whole series of strong acts. And generally, you look at Melfest and you're like, almost every one of these could win. This year's Melfest was surprisingly weak. You know, there were some fun songs, but not until the last heat of Melfest were there any songs where you'd say that could make it to Eurovision and win. Dimitri, I don't understand what you're trying to say by that. Oh, Oscar, 
I'm just saying one person who was in Melfest uh, last heat, the, the last heat of Melfest this year was Laureen, a previous Eurovision winner of some renown. And wouldn't you know it? She won her heat decisively. And wouldn't you know it? She went to the final and won decisively. <gasps> Dimitri, can I offer a counter theory to this conspiracy oh. theory? Well, put put your tinfoil hat on, Jeremy. Okay, I, I got a big head, so I got to use a couple of rules. <laughs> Obviously, Lorene, very well known in the Swedish pop scene and also the Eurovision scene. If I am an aspiring Swedish songwriter and I hear, oh, Lorene's competing this year, am I thinking, you know what, I'll just compete in 2024? I don't buy it. Really? Look, let me put it to you this way. In 20, I want to say it was 2017. We'll check this. But Loreen competed in another Melfest and That's lost. Right. Oh, really? That's right. oh, so that's she proved she was beatable. All right. I rescind my theory. I'm just asking questions. Is it possible <laughs> that Sweden loaded up its Melfest with acts who probably weren't going to beat Loreen because Eurovision 2024 will be the 50th anniversary of ABBA's victory, and they wanted to maximize their chances of winning so they could host such momentous occasion. I'm just asking questions. So you think there was a fix? I'm not saying a fix. <laughs> I think the votes that came in were legitimate. I think the competition, I don't know, maybe not the strongest. Fair enough. One more, one more national final real quick, because <laughs> Finland, this is it, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> Finland came to town, and before we heard any music, the head of the Finnish delegation said, I believe that the winner of Eurovision 2023 is among these artists. And the UMK, uh, I don't know the Finnish off the top of my head, forgive me. The UMK wow. is their national final. Boy. Guy calls himself Professor Eurovision over here, doesn't <laughs> he? <laughs> I know, I know the M is music. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> half credit, half credit. <laughs> but the UMK was one of the greatest national finals I have ever seen oh, in really? my life. They okay. had the, a guy who bills himself or his fan bill him as fin Finland's answer to Justin Bieber. Amazing. Would not be my first thought if someone said this is the Finnish answer to Justin Bieber. I would not immediately think amazing. <laughs> you know, I had my doubts too. Killed it. Take a chance, take a chance on me. Okay. Good to hear. He did some flips on a on a trampoline couch, and I honestly okay. thought he was gonna break his neck for one of them. Like it looked like he was not gonna make the full rotation. Absolutely nails it. Keep singing. Amazing. All right, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> Loved it. They had the legendary Finnish rock group, the Portion Boys, who did an absolute banger about how awesome all of Europe is. <laughs> like they just they wrote pandery, down but okay, sure. Little pandery, great song, very very much fun. And of course, they had the legendary party monster, a growing uh, superstar in Finland, Karia who sang a great song about drinking some pina coladas, getting a little crazy, and turning to a party monster named Mr. Cha-Cha. It's crazy. It's party. <laughs> it, it, was, it, it lived up to the hype. If you have not yet experienced the magic of Karia, he says after most performances, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's party. It's party. And it came, it came from the UMK, actually, because they were oh, like, really? hey, describe your song. And he just got like deer in headlights. He's like, how do I translate this madness into English? And he goes, 
is crazy. It's party. Honestly, a pretty accurate description of cha-cha-cha. It's crazy, (laughs) and it is party. True. There were lots of great stories over the national final season, but those were the highlights. And thus ends our journey down the road to Eurovision 2023. Thank you, Dimitri, for taking us on that little journey. Dog, you are so welcome. I'll do it anytime. Okay, well, great. Why don't we take a quick snack break, and when we come back, we'll dive into the semis and the pop delights that await us. Ooh. Welcome back to Eurovangelist and the greatest show in Liverpool, Eurovision 2023. Now, as we mentioned, this Eurovision normally would have been in Ukraine, as they won in 2022, uh, the amazing song Stefania by Kalusha Orchestra. But due to the ongoing Russia-Ukraine war, the second place winners, United Kingdom, picked up the baton, and they're hosting instead out of, obviously, safety to all the performers involved. But this is why we have a Ukrainian host as well as our two English hosts. Alicia Dixon and Hannah Waddingham, who you may know from Ted Lasso, of course, but has also had quite a career in the West End. She's a really amazing singer, if you've not heard her sing. Ah, well, she does sing that high note in the semis. That's true. She absolutely ripped one. It was great. Uh, Alicia Dixon is also of, if you are a Strictly Come Dancing fan, oh, she is, she's done some time in Strictly. Okay. Also, she is she has a song in the Catwoman soundtrack. Oh, really? Halle Berry, yes. What? I, I think she would prefer that you don't remember that. No, it's it's a bop. It's a bop. It's a bop. And then, of course, we have a Ukrainian host as well, Julia Sinina. Legendary Ukrainian rock star. People in Ukraine might know the Hard Kiss. That's the name of the band? That that was their name. And they are really, really good. Nice. Yeah, and they're a great trio. And then they have sort of consulting hosts for the semis. <laughs> He's not up on stage until the finals, but Graham Norton. Iconic in the Eurovision world, for sure. But I, I, I think the hosts did a did a pretty good job. They were game for a lot of silly stuff, and they did a really great job of, of getting people hyped up. And also, like Oscar was saying, celebrating the Ukrainian aspect of the show, making sure they felt like they were a part of it, even though it was happening in the UK. So many beautiful tributes to Ukraine on this show. Mm-hmm. I, I I was honestly moved by some of the interval acts, the way they opened the show with, you know, a little British kid who Jeremy is. Go ahead. Go ahead. Do it. Say I it. was like, oh, cool. This is like young Dimitri. <laughs> <laughs> Eurovision, it's coming here to Liverpool. No way. Yes way. Eurovision. There was also that drag halftime show that happened where Very you had drag queens sort of replacing the hosts. And it was like, you know, you know, what's your vision without a gay number? Honestly, truly, it, it, it just it, it wouldn't be your vision if, in if 2023 something didn't happen. Exactly. No drag queens in the show. And listen, for me as a queer person, I was living. I was living. I was fully like, OK, this is cute. These drag queens are serving. I like it. It's just good times. So let's start talking about the acts each of which is introduced by the postcard. Now, if this is your first Eurovision, you're probably like, why are they going to Ukraine and then the UK and then another country? Yeah, this is a long-standing Eurovision tradition in which we want to showcase the uh, the musicians either living their lives in their own country or in the host country. It changes a lot with the year. This year, they wanted to showcase Ukraine, mm-hmm. the UK, and okay. the artist's home country. And that's kind of a lot but i respect that they're again trying to pay tribute to ukraine who would be the host of the show but then also the show is in the uk so they should have a little something in the postcard that's true and listen they they were able to do a lot in a very short amount of period of time 
And uh, shout out to the drones that captured beautiful uh, scenery. <laughs> I feel like the drone has been the unsung hero of Eurovision. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine these boring ass postcards without drone photography? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Blessed be the drones. You ever show up on a church for a Sunday for a blessing of the drones? It's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Just a gentle hum. Okay, so let's get down to brass tacks here. Semi-final one. We got 15 competitors. Up first from Norway, we have Alessandra with Queen of Kings. She's going for that warrior princess vibe, I think. Next is Malta, and the artist is The Busker, and the song is Dance, in parentheses, Our Own Party. You know, the cute sweater boys. Ooh, cute sweater boys. Then we had Serbia, Luke Black, performing Samo Mi Sispava, a song about wanting to sleep forever. We have Latvia with the group Sudden Lights and their song, Aya. Apologies if that is wrong. You know, the song with a lot of spotlights on it. Next up, we have Portugal's Mimi Cat with her song, Ai Coração. You know, the one with uh, the pretty red pink dress. Yes, very flamenco-y. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, we had Ireland's Wild Youth performing We Are One. I can't remember much except how glittery gold. Later. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Bulge. <laughs> Bulge. We had Croatia's Let Three with Mama Stoop. I like to call it the dictator drag show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, that's a good one. Well yes, named. with the yeah, tractor. That's yeah. Good. Next up, we have Switzerland with Remo Forer. Apologies if I mispronounce it, with his song Water Gun, which is, you know, that powerful ballad I with a bunch of dancers. A soldier, soldier. There it is, that one. A song about peace from Switzerland. He doesn't want to be a soldier. After that, we had Israel with Noah Kirel's Unicorn. Did you want to see her dance? <laughs> Do you want to see her dance? We had no choice. <laughs> We had to see her dance. <laughs> and luckily, she's a good dancer. It worked out. We had Moldova's Pasha Parfeni with Sorele Siluna. Again, that may be butchered, but was really bringing the Moldovan fire on that one. I would join yeah. his cult. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got one. Truly. He was giving yoga teacher vibes, I think. <laughs> Next up, we have Sweden with Lorene as the artist singing... Tattoo. You heard of it? Stone nails, baby. We also had Azerbaijan, the twin duo of Tural Turan X, uh, singing Tell Me More, in which they auditioned for the Beatles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Appropriate for Liverpool. Thank you on behalf of both of us, but we haven't passed the audition. We also had Czechia's Vesna with My Sister's Crown. Ponytail Girls. I feel like Willow Smith was like, yeah. Yes. That's what I'm talking yes. about. Yeah. These yeah. girls get it. Next up is the Netherlands, Mia Nikolai and Dion Cooper with their song Burning Daylight, which could have been, I think, a Taylor Swift song. Oh, yeah, I can hear that. And finally, we have Finland, the legendary Karia performing Cha Cha Cha. It's crazy. It's party. That's all you got to say about the song. It's crazy. It's party. So the semis are the first time that, you know, the general public gets to see what these acts are going to do with the staging of the song. There are some rehearsals, but this is like the big show. Everyone gets to see it. So let's talk about the standouts in terms of staging. The staging standouts for me are Serbia, Luke Black. The staging on that is bonkers. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Really cool. Hadn't seen anything like it before. I'm not even that crazy about that song, but they really, I don't know, they made a real show out of that song, which is cool. He simulates a boss fight near the end of the song in a video game. That's cool. 
and I really uh, Croatia. I really enjoyed their their staging as well. Oh my god, what an amazing song! I mm-hmm. love that song so much. There are two main sub genres of a Eurovision song. Uh, either it's a song about love or it's a song about peace. There's a new <laughs> song, there's a new one, and it's called "Fuck Vladimir Putin," and I very much like that. Yes, yes <laughs> truly yes. cannot get enough of those fuck Putin jams. Hmm. Now, question for all of us. Okay. Is there a song that you loved in the semis that did not make it to the final? I have an answer to that question. Mm. And I wonder if we all have the same answer, because I don't think we do. On three, let's do it. Oh, are we going to say the country? We're going to say the country. Okay, ready? One, two, three. Netherlands. Netherlands. Oh, wow, okay. Oh, what are you talking about? Okay, talk about Malta first. The busker, dance our own party. The cute sweater boy song. Go ahead. Like, I don't think Malta was gonna win, but I like that song. Hey, wait. What you say? Do you wanna dance? Do you wanna dance? I think their staging was a little busy. I don't love set pieces for like every verse of the song. (laughs) I think maybe them just performing it straight up might have been better. Mm. And I also have to say like night one was very strong and night two, I think they might have squeaked through. Semi-final one was definitely the powerhouse. Like you put... All the front runners were in that Yeah, Lorene was in there. Kari was in there. When you look at who made it through semi one, I don't know that you cut any of those. And just just for a recap, like how do people decide which songs go on each semifinal performance? It's a very frustrating scenario because I believe <laughs> oh. it should be a random draw. But the host oh, nation. Random. So I, I believe it's random order that decides who goes in what semi. But the order of the semi is determined by the host nation. So ultimately, Malta being in night one, there's nothing they could do about that. There's nothing they could have done about it. Malta being thrown in as the, you know, the second death slot performer, that was done by the host nation. This is crucial info. You just said death slot. People need to know. What's the death slot? So an interesting fact surrounds the number two in Eurovision. No country in the final has ever won the Eurovision contest if they performed in the second spot. If you perform in spot two, you are cursed, apparently, to not win. So people have won in that first position, which already sounds pretty hard to me. Yes. People have won in the third position. That has happened. But winning in slot two has never, ever, ever happened. And that has created this sense of doom and gloom around the number two. Even mm. if you are second in the semifinal, people are like, oh my God, uh, oh, they don't stand mm. a chance. Yeah. Which is Rough. weird because this year, Armenia performed in, sem- in spot two in semi two, makes it through the final. Mm-hmm. Armenia, very good though. <laughs> it's kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy. People saw that Malta was in spot two and they're sure. like, oh, well, I'm not gonna bother voting for Malta. It's like, that's I ridiculous. See. It's an uh, amazing yeah, song. Dumb. So y'all think that the reason Malta didn't make it to the finals is because they were in slot two. I think they didn't make it to slot two because like of the 10 acts that did make it through on semi one, it's like all of those I think were pretty good choices. Mm. It was a bloodbath semi. Someone was going to get hurt. And it just so (laughs) happened that Malta was the one who got hurt. If you look at what the voting breakdown was, like so many people gave Malta their 11th spot or their 12th spot. Well, and so Netherlands was the same night semi one. So they kind of faced the same problem. 
Absolutely. I was just so shocked because I was really confident. I heard all of these songs and I was like, Netherlands will 100% get into the finals. I'm talking about Mia Nikolai and Dion Cooper's Burning Daylight. And it's like a really sweet song, very Taylor Swifty, which again, going back to what was hot in the US in 2023, mm, I, I assumed like, oh, this song is speaking to now. It's like very beautifully orchestrated, melodically gorgeous, like those two people together. I thought the performance was really cool. It was like a really... I thought simple and effective performance. I was shocked that it didn't get enough votes to make it to the final. I was very confused by it. Oscar, did you happen to catch any of Mia and Dion's performances in the lead up to Eurovision? No. For our audience here, after all the acts have been selected, several nations like Spain and Israel and the UK, they'll do what's called a pre-party. This is like the first time, hey, I'm going to Eurovision. I want to do a big concert with several other people who are going to Eurovision. I'm going to perform my song there. Let the fans get a taste of what I'm bringing to Liverpool. No staging, just the song. So you didn't see the Netherlands no, any I, of the pre-parties? Mm -mm, no. So the first pre-party occurs, and Mia is obviously doing what she does. She's a great singer. Uh -oh. Dion, he can't find her. And when you're harmonizing, you gotta oh, find that. That, I see. that first performance soured a lot of fans on them. And it continued to the next pre-party and the next pre-party. Oh, he kept being... That's rough. It's Dion's fault. She was never the problem. Mia was never the problem. Until, mm. and here's the thing. If you listen to the studio version of Burning Daylight and the live performance that we saw at the semifinal one, it's in a completely different key really? to compensate for Dion. I've never been good at crying. Always wanted to be the tough type. I'm sorry. I've been good at crying. Always wanted to be the tough type. What do you think happened? Do you think he just got stage fright or something? Well, I think a lot of it is the fact that they were just thrown together. Like mm. Duncan Lawrence, the winner of 2019, he wrote that song to be for one person. And for whatever happened, the Netherlands broadcaster was like, let's make it a duet and jam these two people together who have never worked together. And mm. during the pre-parties, you could see they have the chemistry of two dead batteries. Like the fact <laughs> that they... <laughs> Acidic, okay. <laughs> the fact that they have some chemistry during the semifinal is a miracle because mm -hmm. what we They're saw during the pre-party, not great, not Interesting, great. interesting. See, I didn't know that historical context and uh, after knowing that, yeah, I guess they, no, I still think they should have been in the finals. <laughs> okay, let's move on then to our discussion of semifinals night two. This has our beloved Gustav, but let's not skip over any of these artists. Let's go through the whole roster here. We're starting off with Denmark's Riley with his song, Breaking My Heart, or as you might know it, Breaking My Heart. <laughs> <laughs> Can you do it a little more robotic? Breaking My Heart. Can you give us, um, you know, maybe more like of a, a person that's older lying about their age? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. <laughs> Next up, we have Armenia, and the artist is Brunette, and the song is Future Lover. And what else can you, like, Tilted Floor is how I would describe mm -hmm. this song. Mm -hmm. After that, we had Romania, Theodore Andrei, performing DGT, DGT, parentheses, on and off. Uh, I believe it's off and on, Dimitri. Oh, you're right, you're right. <laughs> You know what, Jeremy, this is how I didn't want you to find out like this, but I can't read. Wow. It's honestly, you've gotten really far. Though. <laughs> Thank you, man. Thank you. Uh, yeah, we're impressed. All right. 
Next up, we have from Estonia, Alika, with her song Bridges. Beautiful singer. Yes, ghost piano. Ghost, ghost piano. piano. Yes, the go- the phantom piano. Mm-hmm. Next up, from Belgium, we have Gustav. Bow, 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 bow. And his song, Because of You. Uh, think uh, man in the pink hat. <laughs> man in the pink hat. <laughs> We're big Gustav boosters here on Evangelist. After that, we had Cyprus with Andrew Lambrou performing Break a Broken Heart. More like Andrew Lambro. Nice arms, dog. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. Guns. I should have just yes! flexed for three minutes. <laughs> just no song, just flexing for three minutes. Then we've got Iceland with Delia and her song Power. She did this fun little kick flip thing. That was oh, yeah, she did. That was cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that really did show uh, she had the pop up a power, as she mm-hmm. says in the song. Yes. Um, next up, we have from Greece, Victor Vernikos with, with What They Say. Um, and, you know, this is like maybe a song that tried too hard. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, you leave that Boy hey, Scout alone. Okay, you know what? How I would describe this song. The presentation is Bouncy Castle vibes. Mm, okay. A lot of yes. hopping around. Yeah, there was time. a lot of hopping around. I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, after that, we were we had Poland, uh, Blanca, performing her song Solo, which was bad. <laughs> We will we'll draw, we'll spill some tea on Blanca later in the episode. There's a lot to say about that, and we'll get to it later. Next up, we have Slovenia with Joker out and their song Carpe Diem. Uh, these guys never made a floral print they didn't like. That's right. <laughs> Next up, from Georgia, we have Iru and the song Echo, which was giving sort of like writhing dancer vibes, which there's always one. After that, we have San Marino's Peak Jacks performing Like an Animal. What can I say? Magician energy song. That's all mm. I have to say. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> They're followed by Austria's Taya and Selena with their song, Who the Hell is Edgar? And if you don't remember this song. Yeah, who the hell are you to forget this song? <laughs> who the hell are you? Yeah, this is the one where it's po, 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 po. Next up, from Albania, we have Albina and Familia Kelmendi nailed it. Which is her and her family with the song Do Ye. I gotta say their postcard was one of my favorites because it was like the yeah. whole family out for a picnic. I know. Wholesome. It's very wholesome. wholesome. Very nice. If you watch Eurovision with me, there's a tr- there's a trend you're gonna see. I always love the Albanian song, no matter what, because it's always the same thing, and I always like it. Oh, well, cute. it's very nice. I have nothing bad to say about this group and their song. The brother it's... looks very lost, though, I will say. Yeah, he's okay, just yeah. sort he of, like, he feels he's like I'm clearly, just here. It's like, it's a case of like, you have to let your brother play yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> that part, that part. <laughs> Next, we had Lithuania with the great Monica Linkite, I believe is pronounced, um, and her amazing song, Stay. Love that song. Yes, orange dress, orange dress. Very eye-catching. And of course, rounding out the evening, our boys from Australia, we're talking Voyager with Promise. You better take your DeLorean back to 1988, (laughs) put on your mirror shades here, because we're in the cyberpunk wasteland. I'd I'd like to say boys and girl. Uh, Oh, Voyager, I apologize. Such a great band. Australia has always brought great music Eurovision, and guess what? Nothing changed. Yep. A trend I did not care for in this year's Eurovision. The light rock boy group. That's right. There was a lot of that. Latvia, Ireland, Azerbaijan, San Marino, <laughs> Slovenia. <gasps> Ireland. Oh my God. Ireland and Ireland's like, camel toe. Oh my God. <laughs> that cat suit. I'm like, 
brother, you got to know you should not wear this. No one told him. He didn't have a friend that day. Other than San Marino, every single one of those groups was wearing something where I was like, who told you to wear this? You look <laughs> insane. <laughs> Even Slovenia, that's a joker out with the song Carpe Diem. Okay, I will say with Slovenia, they all look like a mutated version of Harry Styles, which okay, was hot. Okay, that's an excellent point. So that's I think that's what they were going for. And the lead singer, Crushable. The Crushable cutie of Eurovision was the lead singer of that band. I had not considered the Harry Styles angle. That actually makes a lot more sense. And, and I do feel like that's the reason why they made it to the finals. I will similarly throw out that Azerbaijan clearly we're doing sergeant pepper yeah but badly <laughs> but ba yeah. i'm not saying it was done well <laughs> but that's what i mean going one for. of the poor twins guitar straps came undone in their performance and poor guy was just holding that guitar which honestly probably weighed the same amount as he did <laughs> it was just so unfortunate i just felt so bad for them the song Oh, God. And I, I, the song was not great. All of those songs were very forgettable. I wrote down for Latvia's song, Lukewarm Play. <laughs> well, that's interesting because people really thought Latvia was robbed. Yeah, they're the community's selection for robbery of the year. This is some dollar store cold play over here. Wow, Jeremy. Okay. Jeremy, my God. No punches today, Jeremy. I get a little fussy about rock songs. <laughs> Do you remember the Simpsons episode where they introduce Poochie? Yes. Yeah. Itchy and Scratchy, they're going to add a dog named Poochie that Homer voices. And he gets everyone at their house to watch the premiere of the episode. And the episode starts with Itchy and Scratchy driving, and they keep seeing signs for the fireworks factory. And then they meet Poochie, and Poochie does a whole rap. And then they just drive off. And Milhouse starts crying, and he goes, when are they going to get to the fireworks factory? <laughs> that is a criticism I level against a lot of music and film. You forgot what you were here to do. To do. You, you wow. said you were going to the fireworks factory, and it's like, we're not, we didn't get to go. And a lot of these rock songs, I'm like, if you're going to come out and be like, we're here to rock and roll, and then play these like, Starbucks fall mix rock songs. I'm like, get this out of here. Of the last rock song that won Eurovision, mm -hmm. ZT Buoni, Italy 21. I'm like, that song rocks. Yes, mm. it's amazing. All five of these soft rock songs, I'm like, I don't want to do anything to wow. this. I want to lie down on a couch. Well, it's interesting because the Latvian song is about going to sleep. <laughs> so in the semifinals, both nights, we talked about who we wanted to be in the finals. Who in the semifinals did we think that deserved <laughs> no love at all? Which was the act that we were so disappointed by mm. in the semifinals? I've seeded my time with my rock rant. So, <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Dimitri, what say you? There is a real concern I have about the future of this contest that I love so much. <gasps> what you mean? I feel like there is a push to take as much authenticity out of the contest as possible for monetary and convenience sake. And no one embodied that fear of mine more than Denmark's Riley. We could go back to the start, but we're still be falling apart. 
I cannot stand this song. And for once, all of Europe agreed with me because <laughs> the boy cannot sing. Well, he wasn't singing. He was There's sort of out of tune talking. A lot of the auto tune. The chorus of the song is just layers of vocoder trying to cover up the fact that he can't sing. And the whole season, the studio version, you're not hearing him. You're hearing the vocoder. No, absolutely. As I said, when he won the Danish, the Danish national final, you can't hide behind that on the Eurovision stage. You will be exposed. And indeed, he could not. <laughs> yeah. Now, let me ask you all this. Why do you think he won that national final? See, I have in my notes about Riley, I'm like, too cutesy for me, but I get why he's here. Here's the teen idol. Mm. There's some hunky gentlemen in the final who I think can also sing, oh, which is right. nice. Cyprus. Cyprus. I mean, like, okay, I get it. But Riley is a, like, are you like an 11 year old girl mm. and you need someone to root for in Eurovision? Here's Riley. He's completely inoffensive in any way. He can't really sing, but I don't think you care about that. What I really like about this theory is it's very close to what the truth is. Riley was pushed to victory. The public vote in the in the Danish national final was for someone else. The jury put Riley over the top. And Riley has a very powerful TikTok following. I knew it. I, yeah. knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I heard that song and I said, this is a this TikTok, is a TikTok boy. He's particularly popular in South Korea. And now that the rest of the world can vote, there was perhaps a push to play to the countries of Asia so that they could boost his score. It did not work. But this is how de TikTok dependent he is. Riley lies about his age. <gasps> He's 47. I will say when I saw Riley, I was like, what is this guy, 19 years old? And no, he is 25. <laughs> An elderly 26 now. An elderly 26. <laughs> which apparently you can't be popular in TikTok if you're over 22, which is the mm. year which is how old he says he is. Oh wow. A father of four, I see. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. He's never been kissing Eurovision Song <laughs> Wow, that is very fascinating. Yeah, because, you know, when I he heard, I hear like snippets of all the songs and I heard the song in particular and I was like, this is like a, this is a TikTokification of your Yeah, you're, that's and an I'm excellent. glad that people didn't bite into that trend. We got to be on guard against this in 2024 because it's going to, it's coming for us again. I think so. I think we're going to see this trend again. And I wouldn't be surprised if Riley puts his hat, hat in the ring for 2024. Before we abandon the semis, uh, I'd like to just pour out a little appreciation, not for the song because I hated it, but for Romania. Oh, Theodore Andrei oh was <laughs> left to die by his national presenter. Everything you saw on that stage, all of his ideas were rejected. I saw the figure for his budget. I don't want to say it was $12, but it was extraordinarily low. They gave him no money to perform. He put out a music video to promote his song and was threatened by his national broadcaster to take it down. They threatened his wow, family. really? Like, mm. this man was given no support whatsoever. And a lot of people dog on the song because the performance isn't great. I'm not going to throw it out. I'm no, I don't like the song. Great. Even the song is not great. But that's that's messed. No, he was thrown out to dry and then blamed for all of it. And it's not fair. So yeah, okay. I want to say, Theodore Andre, you did your best. He did say when he heard all the audience singing along with him it was one of the happiest moments of his life. Aww. So at least there was that. But he was done dirty by his by his uh, presenter in Romania. Should be ashamed. Wow, that I did not know that about him because I was like, "Wow, Dimitri's going to stick up for this song." <laughs> it's not. It was difficult. <laughs> but I feel you. You can't produce a multimedia extravaganza by yourself. 
No, you can't. It was awful. Shame on Romania. Theodore Andre, you got to get to San Marino where they know how to support an act. Okay. <laughs> They'll treat you real nice They'll in San treat Marino. You nice. I was like, they were had another group of rock boys. Their song was just okay, but their outfits were great. I don't know. I, I got to say, yeah, I, I want to talk about my pick for the worst. And it's it was going to be Romania, but I got to really talk about San Marino for a second. Because, okay. yikes, that song was so terrible. And it really was like, what would happen if a bunch of magicians made a song? It was just giving sleazy magician energy to me. I was not into it at all. It might work in some circles. My circles get that away from me. I'm not into it. It was just giving sleazy magician. Yeah, I can see that. Sir, back off. All right. I got to say the semis were a lot of fun, but now we've got ourselves a lean, mean pack of songs for the 2023 grand final. And we're going to tell you all about our faves and least faves right after this break. Welcome back, everyone, and welcome to the grand final of the Eurovision Song Contest 2023, the big show, the final boss. Shout out to Luke Black of Serbia. And Graham Norton is enshrined with the other three hosts on stage at last. Some representation for Ireland. (laughs) (laughs) The final starts out with a, let's be real, fantastic UK-Ukraine collaboration of last year's winning song, Stefania by Kalush Orgis. I love this. They're they're performing it all over the UK. They're on the the tube. (laughs) UK artists are like, guesting on the track like sam Ryder, second place winner from last year he's doing a guitar so it was awesome one of the royals is playing piano i was gonna say cam cameo supreme over there we got joss stone singing for some reason yeah there was a lot of cameos a lot of cameos but fun and and also like we all love this song Mm -hmm. we would be in ukraine if we could but if not we're gonna celebrate this song as as well as we can in the uk Mm -hmm. appreciated Mm -hmm. that big time loved that Every great Eurovision grand final, you set the tone immediately with the flag parade. This is where all the competitors are announced by nation. They come out, they wave their flag. And this flag parade was so good. I very much loved everything we saw. Everyone was so in it. Even the people who knew they weren't going to win were acting like they had just won first position. It was, (laughs) it, it set the right tone immediately. Yeah, spirits were high. I I think also because UK, it's been a while since UK has been able to host. Yeah. I think they were excited. Fans in the audience are like, oh, it's a hometown Eurovision. It's very exciting. I was going to say, listen, this was maybe the most vocal audience that we've had in a very long time. (laughs) Liverpoolians knew how to party, to quote Lorene Liverpool. (laughs) Y'all know how to party Um, because they were quite responsive and we knew who their favorite songs were and we knew what their favorite songs were not. Very true. Very true. Can we talk real quick about the Big Five and last year's winner? And so by Big Five, if you're new to Eurovision, I mean the countries that fund Eurovision the most. And so they get to skip the semis. They just show up at the grand final and we're like, we're here to party. Ukraine gets a free pass to the grand final for winning in 2022. So that's six entries we haven't seen yet. And so that's going to be the United Kingdom with May Muller's I Wrote a Song. Of course, we have France's entry, Lazara, with Evidentment, which of course... Is very French. Ooh, wee wee. God, we're going to lose everyone in France. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody in France is listening to this show. uh, After (laughs) that, we have Spain's Blanca Paloma with Aya. I'm sure there's a real way to pronounce that. This was brilliant. It was artistic. It was amazing. We'll talk about it. It's amazing. Thanks, Suspiria. Thanks, Suspiria. Yeah. 
we got Ukraine with Tvorchi's Heart of Steel. I actually like this one a lot. We're going we're gonna to talk about uh, them in a second in a segment we call Title Defense as they're coming back, the reigning champion of Eurovision. We'll, we'll see what we thought of Heart of Steel, but uh, pro is how I feel. I agree. We also had Germany's Lord of the Lost performing the amazing Blood and Glitter, Chaos, Gold, Red, just a great number. One of the strongest German entries of all time. Yeah, I really enjoyed mm-hmm. it. Yeah, my takeaway is, where's the other pants sleeve? Um, <laughs> and finally, we have Italy's Marco Mengioni with Due Vite, Two mm, Lives. Two Lives. Mm. Yeah, think um, Men on Trampolines. A lot of trampoline work. Great and I know we've seen some big arms from Cyprus, but we got some more arms for you. There's no arms drought here. <laughs> yeah, we got, a, we got an arms race. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with getting the silver medal at the gun show, you know? <laughs> Do we think all of these songs are worth <gasps> having in the final? Interesting. Because I think there's one song that i would cut if i could i think we might be choosing the same song mm-hmm. we're, the, we're, we're on a we're on a, va- we're on a vibe today mm, i don't think oh, i'm gonna agree with the love of you all right three there two one three two one United UK. Kingdom. okay yeah. i love may i love her as a person look she got nervous. She said it multiple times. I was very yeah. nervous. Yeah. I, 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 the, the weight came down. The fact that she performed the song. And she performed last. I would be nervous too. Yeah, Absolutely. That's tough. It's a tough position to be in. And look, here's an example. There was a German performer in the German national final two years ago who got so nervous, she forgot the words to her song. Oh, no. Well, it yikes. was embarrassing. Like yeah, I feel so bad for that tough. poor girl. And May was probably feeling that same way, but she powered through, she finished the song, it just wasn't my favorite. I think another thing to point out is that, you know, when I heard the song, I was like, oh, this is a Dula Peep number. I mean, what I call Dula Lipa, because Dula Peep is more fun. <laughs> I was like, who are you talking about? <laughs> oh, I see. I see what's happening here. It's a Dula Peep number. Okay, Dula Peep. And apparently, and correct me if I'm wrong, that the songwriting team, Dua Lipa's songwriting team, wrote this song and arranged this song. When you said you I want to say Dua Lipa's people were involved in some capacity. I think that's correct. And it feels very much that. It feels like, oh, because, you know, Dua Lipa is hot. So, of course, they're going to put her people in there. And unfortunately, just the performance of it did not stand out. Do I listen to this song from time to time and bop along? Yes, I do. It's a fun bop. But in terms of like a a Eurovision, it doesn't quite like measure up with the other countries. In in a lesser year, this might have gotten on the left side of the board. This was an incredibly stacked year and yeah. Yeah. that top the top 10 was a stacked top 10. I was going to say you look at the top 10 and it's like, oh, these are pretty good songs though, you know. Great songs. Great songs. I also think cuz May is up there with four dancers and this is ultimately like a fuck you breakup song. Mm-hmm. And I think it just needs to be her and four girls. Yes. Being like, I'm with my crew. I'm living my life. I don't need you. And it's two guys and two girls. And so she's up there with like two couples, sort of. You think that's the reason why it didn't do well? <laughs> I, I think it didn't Jeremy. help. I, I Real talk. It... Baby. Baby, face to face. You really think that's the reason no, that it didn't do well? But I am saying like, <laughs> if you want to tell a visual story of like, I'm leaving. I'm mad at you. And so I wrote this song. Why is she not like? 
partying with her girls. One of the lyrics of the song is, and we all sing along. Also, if if you look at the music video, that's literally what Jeremy was talking about. That was the vibe oh, that the right. music yeah. video had that we missed in the performance. Yeah, and the video's fun. The video's very fun. I love the music video for it. So we know last year's winner was Ukraine. Stephania, yes. incredible song, Kalush Orchestra. Uh-huh. Kalush, Kalush. It's not uncommon for the previous year's winner of Eurovision to field an absolute terrible entry. <laughs> <laughs> it hasn't been a thing in the most recent years, but there is sort of like a winner's curse in Eurovision. Mm, interesting. I think the 2017, 2018 is a great example. Portugal wins in 2017. One of the biggest point totals of all yeah. time. I think the, the biggest point total of all time. Mm-hmm. The next year, Portugal comes in dead last. That's rough. Gulp. So I want to talk title defense. How does Ukraine do coming in as the reigning Eurovision champion? We're talking Dvorchi's Heart of Steel. Yeah, it turns out. Not too bad. Yeah, pretty know? good, not bad actually, at all. I thought. Not bad yeah. at all. Definitely not the winner's curse this time. No, mm-hmm. I don't I don't know that this is a Eurovision winner. Right. But this feels good. To, like, this is a cool song. I really liked what they did on stage with it. Mm-hmm. It's a great pop song. I will say, and, you know, I hate saying this, but I'm going to say this. It doesn't feel like a Eurovision song. It feels yeah. closer to, like, a radio <laughs> a radio hit song that it does at Eurovision. It just doesn't translate to the Eurovision Song Contest. Yeah, it's it's very dark and kind of moody for a Eurovision track. Yeah, I agree. It definitely took its time to grow on me because I love Stephania so much and I love Go A so much from from the year before. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's a good song Mm -hmm. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ukraine has always qualified for the grand final. That's a real feather in Ukraine's cap is that every single year they make it out of the semis. That's hard to do. Listen, not even Sweden Sweden couldn't do it. That's right. And as we all know, they invented music so (laughs) (laughs) but no it's a it's great because it took me some time i warmed up to it and by the time i saw the staging of this Mm. song what you got to say about the staging dimitri what you got to say clearly these guys love terminator (laughs) 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 because you know the heart of steel you know they're it's their resilience in the face of russian aggression even though they can't say russian aggression when they started doing the like dance in sync with the the led screens i was like man this is gonna be a mess but they actually <laughs> nailed it. It's a Eurovision staple where people do really dancing is. with the LED. And when it goes right, it's amazing. And when it goes wrong, it is terrible. Awkward, yes. But they actually did a good job. They did. Also, here's the thing. I'm going to get excited over uh, any POC that shows up on the Eurovision stage. Yes. You know what I mean? Oh my, totally I was cares. like, okay, a little melanin on that stage. <laughs> you know, <laughs> singing in, in uh, Ukrainian. Like, uh, I was like very gagged about that. So shout out. It's always very interesting because, you know, there are black people all over Europe, but we're not the majority in Europe. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not asking for like, oh, fake injection of, uh, of POC, like organic. It has, everything has to be organic. And Absolutely. every time you see a person of color, uh, especially for me as a black man, I'm like, oh, Eurovision's only had one black winner, but we had a, a couple others come pretty close to winning. Mm-hmm. Anytime I can see a black person on the Eurovision stage, I'm having a great time. And for them to come with a song that's like, hmm, pretty good. Yeah, with a song that rips, you know, we'll talk about Stella, Haba about another time but it doesn't always work out and this time it definitely did yeah ukraine nice job on the title defense where did uh this song place in the finals it placed in sixth listen it made the top 10 congratulations respect ukraine respect to come in first and then sixth not pretty shabby so I'm going to drop one of my big Eurovision 2023 disappointments. Oh, 
<gasps> I, I think we're we're about to talk about the same thing. I think this is was one of my favorite songs. It was probably my favorite video oh. of all. Yeah, of all the videos was. Wait, can we say it at the same time? Okay, let's try it again. One, two, three. Austria. Austria. Okay, oh. we're all on the same page here. That video is great. Ah, oh, it's such a good song. It's a great song. I love that song so much. We'll talk about the song a little bit. Okay, what's yeah, the song so, about? So this, this song is called "Who the Hell Is Edgar." The premise of the song is that they have been possessed by the ghost of Edgar Allan Poe, and Poe is ghostwriting a song, uh, which is a very common practice in Eurovision, Ooh. where singers are hired to sing songs that they did not write and the writer takes all the money. Which is why where you have that breakdown 0.003, that is how much money you are paid for a stream on Spotify. Mm-hmm. Commentary and satire. And Amazing. that's why she says, give me two years and your dinner will be free. My brother-in-law is a professional musician. He <gasps> has toured all over the U.S. And like he has supported acts you know. He is opened for Coheed and Cambria. He's opened for wow. Brett Michael. Like people you know. He don't make any money off Spotify. <laughs> they get Ridiculous. he has He's in bands that have millions of streams. They don't make any money from it. Mm. And I like a song that is both a good song that also maybe points to like, hey, there's some devious shit happening in the music industry here that's not cool. Right. When we break down this this specific song, Who the Hell is Edgar? Not only is are the lyrics like amazing and cool, we want to talk about the, the musicality of it. It's a bop. It's oh, a certifiable it's so bop. It kills. It absolutely slays. Mm -hmm. Look, all three of us are, are we were on strike this summer. We all yeah. know what it's like to pursue art and not get paid commensurate for your effort in it. Like, yes, this song absolutely resonates with all of us. And absolutely. the music video is so imaginative. Great music video. Look, your music video doesn't always match your staging. It often doesn't. But I was so, I was like, if this is what they can do with a music video, I can't wait to see what can't they can do. Can't wait to see it. One of the very best, absolutely. And I gotta say, the performance, it just wasn't there. And I am bummed to say yeah, that. But what it just, happened there? I don't know. Was it just a simplistic staging? Was the was it the fact that they went first in the finals? Was it maybe their vocals weren't great? And you know, maybe some of the audio issues weren't great, like at the beginning of the of the show, and that might have affected their chance at, at winning. But they did not do well at no, all. They really didn't. I have a theory. Put the head on. Put the head on. <laughs> <laughs> this one is less conspiratorial. Okay. All right. Uh, okay. Okay. You are allowed to have six people on stage as your Eurovision mm -hmm. act, and you can allocate those six in any way you like. You can be six singers. It could be a band. It could be an, a dancer. It could be a person waving a flag. You can use those any way you want. Now, a lot of the acts this year, there's a COVID era position that I think is going away where like backing vocals have been allowed on your track. That has previously not been a thing. So a lot of people are instead using spaces that would normally use for a singer on a dancer. So instead of the vocal strength that this song really needed, because a lot of it is actually whispered and, you know, hushed and, you know, kind of repetitive, but without any energy to it, there were no backing singers to add a little extra oomph. It's just the two of them. It's not enough. Yeah. There's not enough mm. vocal oomph to the song. And when you when you think about the song itself, it's not a song that's especially dynamic vocally until the end. Yeah, I think, well, and they had the crazy dancers on the 
you know, on the, on the screen, screen behind them. Mm-hmm. So maybe you're right. Maybe they would have been better off having six singers on stage, literally just having four people up there to just go Poe while they sing. Yes. I think a lot of the acts that, you know, disappointed this year, it was a misallocation of singers. The acts that I found that I really liked utilized singers. We'll get to Lithuania. Oh, Lithuania. Oh my gosh. I really wish that Austria had devoted more of their, their, their people to singing. It was a bit of a bummer for me because I was so hyped to see them. And then I, I just felt their performance was like, it didn't reflect how good that song is. And also not to mention, they shut it down in the semis. You know what I mean? We were super excited. It was, it was a real shame. It was a real shame. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so l- let's talk about the standouts. Who were your favorites? And let's break it down by the categories that we are specifically focused on, okay? Let's start, because we just mentioned it, and talk about who the singers that really blew us away were. And I think we all agree, Lithuania really came out there. like So good. Monica, the vocalist, is an excellent singer, but she also yes. brought four excellent singers with her, mm-hmm. and it really worked for that song. I don't think that song was really on my radar before the final. And I was just like, wow, they're really, they're coming to sing this song and it's good. I saw her in the national final and it was easily the winner of the night. When I was watching, it's like, there's something, something's missing here. And later on, she added the rhythmic chant in, in uh, Lithuanian, uh, yes. because I guess, I guess it's Good. reflective of like a, a, a meditation in, in Lithuanian folk music. And that's mm. just one little taste of the country elevated that song to a completely different level. Absolutely. Because that performance is different from the studio recording version of it, right? Yes. Uh, yes. You get that towards the end of the song, but she incorporated it in the very beginning. And it's a very simplistic staging. There is that iconic orange, burnt orange dress that she has on, which mm. truly iconic. It's, <laughs> what you wear is also very important in Eurovision, let us not forget. Yeah, I, you have to pay attention, yeah. Yeah, and it's just all, all it is is just her singing with these background singers who are so freaking talented absolutely another vocally amazing song is bridges by estonia which was fantastic she sang the hell out of that song Unfortunately, in, in terms of stage performance, not really as dynamic no, as, not as, not as, interesting. as it needed to be. Elika was one of the greatest singers in the contest this year. I think she might be second on my list in terms of vocal ability. I just wonder if that song was right for her. Like, she performed mm-hmm. it well, but I don't know if it was the song she needed to look she got in the top 10 so clearly it worked but it worked it worked i think the ghost piano really yeah the ghost piano i didn't think worked for her yeah there's a lot of focus on that ghost piano like why are we focusing on these keys and then she starts playing the ghost piano it's like we know that that's not you girl like what are you doing (laughs) it's edgar Allan poe he's playing for you (laughs) i i have to shout out cyprus you got this hunky guy and you're like okay that's like i get why he's here but that guy can sing Man's got some pipes. The performance was good. The lyrics mean nothing to me. You know, it's a, it's a breakup song. You know, not my favorite fine. song, but I'm like, hey, at least he showed up to like do the thing. You know, he yeah. did. He did. You know who else? What else showed up? His damn arms. Those yeah. were gigantic. <laughs> Brother arms. had some guns. Biggest arms in your vision. 
absolutely best arms in Eurovision. Unfortunately, the song to me felt like an Imagine Dragons. Yeah, it had a strong Imagine song, Dragons. Which <laughs> is very popular. Listen, there is nothing wrong with taking a popular band and sort of copying it. Yeah, but don't copy them. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think special credit, the best singer on stage, whether or not you like that song or not, Blanca Paloma was the best singer, hands down. I'm sensing a, oh, Blanca Paloma, okay. Yeah. I, I thought you were talking about a different Oh, Blanca. you thought I was talking about Blanca no. Paloma. Oh my no. gosh. No, oh no, yeah. God. Blanca no. Paloma, I thought, did an excellent job, and I liked the staging of that quite a bit. Yeah, surprisingly, not a lot of love from yeah, a little, for, for Spain. I think a little underrated. It was, it, that so one's too. definitely a thinker. Like, as I watched it win Benidorm Fest. Right, like you mentioned at the top of the show. I was like, this will either do incredibly well or it will do incredibly poorly because mm. it is it is meditative, it's rhythmic, it's arcane to people who aren't from Spain. Exactly. It is very Spanish mm-hmm. in that way. And she performs the absolute hell out of it. I think that is reflected in the voting because Spain got 95 jury points and it got five public vote points which yikes not great but uh, she should be proud she did a great job oh she's I mean, she absolutely killed. thrilled that was one of my favorites she gave an interview afterwards and she was like look i did what i did and i'm proud i did it and i hope that spain d- continues to you know honor our heritage even if it, yes. even if we don't win so she had the best attitude and the best i voice. love it Okay, moving on to the lyrics of, I mean, let's not forget, Eurovision is a song song contest contest. after all. So we're talking best written songs. Yes, best written song, you know, letters to the page, which do you think killed it for you? I cannot let this section go without starting with the girls from Czechia, Vesna, killing the game on stage. What a amazing, if there was a Eurovision songwriting award, I would give it to them this year, hands down. Hands yeah. down. Mm. Big, big thumbs up. Speak on that, Dimitri. What is it about? The whole song is about Slavic unity in the face of great oppression. Gee, I wonder why that might be relevant. Hmm. And <laughs> each of the girls is representing a different Slavic nation. There's a, there's a Ukrainian, there's a Russian, there's a Belarusian. Like they're all coming together in this one group saying powerful phrases such as choose love over power. And when like the Russians are beating at their door, these are people who are seeing what this war is doing to their loved ones every single day. And they're still choosing to band together and fight against what is compared to every other army in Europe on that side of Eastern Europe, an insurmountable foe. It's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. Huge fan. Mm-hmm. I already discussed my love for the writing on Austria's "Who the Hell Is Edgar," which I think is a very clever song and well written. Yeah, Oscar, do you have a do you have a song, uh, some lyrics yes. you particularly enjoyed? In terms of like the whole package, not my favorite, but I think in terms of lyrics and delivery of said lyrics, I think Italy's entry "Duavite" was really powerful. Um, <laughs> Another singing hunk. Another singing, yeah. a returning singing hunk. He oh, performed really? previously. No. Yes. Interestingly enough, he he performed in 2013. He got seventh that year. I just think the song is lyrically really beautiful. It's about two two lives intertwined as one. It's a love story. Si 
sarò gli a dirti che sbagli, ti sbagli, lo sai, qui non arriva la musica. I took Italian in college, so I kind of understood what was going on, but there were so many amazing details in the song that I was like, oh, this is what songwriting is about, specifics. You know, I've never written anything in my life, but that's what I assume writing is all about. Dimitri, right? You could speak yeah, on that. Yeah, totally. Specifics. Totally. Yeah, man. I do that all the time, man. <laughs> me, me, I, 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 when I saw the Italian song lyrics, I was like, oh, man, this is just like my writing. You know? <laughs> same thing. A lot of people like to clown on Italy for sending the same type of song to Eurovision, with the exception of, you know, 2017, 2021. But they do it for a reason. The song works. They're well written. They're beautifully performed. What? Why would you change? Yeah, I was going to say, they, they seem to send a lot of ballads, but it's like, well, it's a country that knows their ballads. And listen... It came in fourth this year. If it ain't broke, dot, dot, dot. And it's also like Italy might be responsible for the most famous Eurovision song that exists, which is a ballad. That's true. Why change? For those not in the know, Italy competed in the third ever Eurovision in 1958 with a song called Nel Blu Dipinto di Blu, but is better known in America as Volare, a song with literally hundreds of cover versions. If we're on the subject of writing, once again, I cannot let us pass this subject without talking about Croatia. Look, the guys aren't the greatest singers in the world, and they know it. How like, dare let, you? <laughs> let Three is a very famous band in that part of Europe. They are provocative. They are vulgar. I believe one of their most recent performances, they were all naked and shoved roses up their asses. So okay. when it comes to what they're about, perhaps vocal ability comes behind other things let three gives me a real like kind of devo vibe like a croatian devo where it's like it's kind of more about what the idea of what we're singing about than what we're actually singing mm. and, and in that regard they absolutely delivered once again it's another anti-putin song they make lots of references to a tractor this is a fact the belarusian president uh lushenko gave vladimir putin a tractor for his birthday it's just so ridiculous. It's just like it's such obvious pandering to the dictator that they were disgusted yeah. by it. So the song is all about like it, it, it's all about you know, how people like Vladimir Putin are morons, warmongers, and they shouldn't be allowed to bring us to the brink of Armageddon. This is a pretty great example of like, even if you're watching the Croatian song and you're like, I don't know what this is about because I don't speak Croatian. But like, look at what they're doing. They're all wearing these like absurd old timey general outfits in like day glow colors. It's very obvious that they're mocking like warmongers. You know, you don't even know the lyrics, like feel the song. This might bleed into our staging discussion because both the song works on a lyrical level, but what the every element of what they do on the stage means something. Down to the part where they strip out of their drag dictator uniforms and have themselves as children with blacked out eyes to represent all the Ukrainian children that Russia is stealing and bringing to Russia to force them into being Russian citizens. They have a guy with Lenin written on his forehead holding nukes. Like everything, oh, yeah. the, every single... <laughs> pixel of what they're doing means something now i have a question because correct me if i'm wrong but i thought one of the rules of the eurovision song contest is that a song can't be overtly political you're absolutely right oscar so what the heck y'all the question is define overt and define a political it's it's mm -hmm. bill clinton asking what the definition of is is <laughs> no one is going to argue that vladimir putin is a bad person especially since russia isn't in the contest anymore true so there are certain ways to dance on the line they never quite name anyone in particular they never name a country or an, as an aggressor but if you mention the tractor everyone knows you're talking about belarus it's sort of like, if you know, you know. 
Absolutely. I can't be in trouble for singing about a mother giving an idiot a tractor. That's just That's a lyric. That's just a song. Yeah, I applaud them for their cleverness with that. But I think you're right, Dimitri. It's time to move into the staging discussion. Who had our deuce point in terms of staging this year? We already couldn't help ourselves when talking about Luke Black from Serbia. For me, I mean, that's getting my deuce point. Like it's good. It's the staging is good. so. This is the thing about Eurovision that if you've never seen it, like get ready because some of these are wackadoo entries, right? The song is fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's the staging. Like who other than Luke Black would come up with the idea of I'm gonna I'm gonna lay down on a lotus blossom thing, and there's gonna be a mech in the background who is the boss, and we are all fighting it like if it was a fighting game, and then there's mechanical dancers who it's, it's a cool. wild idea but it's cool as hell and it it matches the song it matches the vibe of the song he's dressed as little lord fauntroy like it's <laughs> it's giving like it's giving dream it's giving dream warrior it's giving mech yes. freddy krueger vibes yes. like i was here for it also i watched this with my two friends that to this day we will always say hello and the other person will respond by saying game over <laughs> and that's just our shorthand serbia really did it and listen i love i typically do love serbia's performances this one is up there for me in terms of stage presentation this is getting my deuce point luke black is a mentee of last year's Serbia, Constranta. Uh -huh. They're super tight. My other favorite I performance. Mean, one of the all-time great Serbian Eurovision songs. Hands mm -hmm. down. Hands down. Mm -hmm. Excellent staging as well. One of my faves. One of my faves. We have to discuss Australia. What an amazing show. Like, if you're asking for a group who understands the assignment to borrow from the common parlance, they absolutely understood what they're supposed to do to get a good Eurovision result. And they love the contest. And it shows in everything they do. So remember before when I was like, oh, Malta had too many set pieces as part of their staging because they went from like a party to a car to a yeah. thing. Whereas Australia is like, cool, we're going to start in the car and then we're going to like go into this weird cyberpunk vaporwave universe to sing the rest of our song. I, I don't know. There's there. It was just a little smoother. It didn't have so many elements and it was sort of more stylistically tied together. And I think everyone got to shine, too. Yeah. Like, we were able to see everyone truly shine. It just felt like, oh, the, uh, like you were saying to me, the amount of love, you could see that, and everyone had their moment. Absolutely true. Promise me it's gonna be The band is called Voyager and the song is called Promise. And the the one of the most one of the more recurring lines is promise me it's gonna be all right. It's about song, you know, you're going through the ups and downs of life. The lead singer of Voyager is currently battling stage four cancer right now. So mm. when you watch that performance, you hear that lyric, it hits even harder. And you know, I think we of all the Eurovangelists can all say, Well, we're pulling for Danny. You're the best. We hope you can get there. Absolutely. You, 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 we, we hope you can get back to Eurovision and uh, perform again for us. Danny from Voyager, all the healing vibes we have. I know. Truly, one of my favorite moments was when they received 12 points and while well, they were eating a sa sandwiches and they were so shocked. It was, it's no truly clue. so magical to me. I loved it. Oh. Fantastic. Okay, Jeremy, who's getting your deuce points? So I wrote in my notes, respect to Armenia to walk backwards up a slope in high heels. Woo! Brunette. 
killed it. You know, the stage sort of starts to rise. You're like, okay. And then I was like, why is she walking backwards? Oh my God, she's wearing. It's like, that's one of those things where, like, if you don't think that's hard, try it. <laughs> a, try walking backwards in heels. Try walking in heels first. Try, a, try walking in heels. Try walking backwards in heels. Try walking backwards in heels uphill and then sing a song while you do it. And I was like, and then have a dance break. Yeah, then have a dance break. I was like, this is wild. The staging, not complicated, but I'm like, that's an impressive feat to let it not throw you in any way. I was like, she really had her song down. I also want to appreciate the confidence she had because, look, I used to have braces. And when I had braces, I wouldn't let people see my mouth. She has braces and she don't care who sees it. She's like, oh my I'm God, going to belt and you're going to see this, the, the iron across my mouth and you're going <laughs> to deal with it. I feel like braces are cool again. And that might that's unfounded, but I do think that people are wearing braces more and people are too, like totally like metal braces, not like Invisalign. I feel like it's cool. I want to get braces myself, so it works. Brunette, it worked for me. <laughs> Killed it. Thank you, Killed Brunette. Brunette. <laughs> Your dedication to dental health is very inspiring. <laughs> exactly, yes. <laughs> All right. We got to talk about the winner here. Lorraine. Lorraine. What a tattoo. What a battle it was, though, you know? Mm-hmm. It's worth pointing out, by the end of jury voting, Lorene has 340 points. Pretty command. It's like she's got 100 and, what do we got, 70 points? She's almost it's double what Israel has. And then the, the public vote comes in, and Lorene gets a, an extremely robust 243 points, and Finland, with Cha-Cha-Cha, gets 376 points. Tying for the all-time record in public votes. Pretty high. And also, to Oscar's point from before, you could tell the UK audience was really on the cha-cha-cha team. So much so where the hosts were telling them to shut shut up. up. (laughs) Hannah Waddingham was done. And she was all drunk. Every host at that point is drunk. They were all drunk. Come on. They're all drunk. Three nights. And like, you're in an hour, like 11. She said, cha-cha-cha-da, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Got him. Look. I love the drama of the voting sequences. You know, oh, there are some absolutely. real battles that have occurred over the years. Some single point wins at the last vote. The people clearly wanted one. But that's not to say they didn't want Lorene. Because guess who was number two in the public vote? Lorene. Yeah. I don't want there to be any animosity. And I don't think there is. No. No. If either one wins, we're all doing well here. Yeah. Like watching it again, I was a little bit like, oh boy, you know, like I, I really want a cha 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 to win. And re watching cha cha cha, I love the staging. <gasps> I love, I really like the song. He's not a great live singer. Oh. There really was a a decline in his, his vocal quality from the Finnish national final to the Eurovision grand final. Because in the Finnish national final, he's singing, he's singing really well. And I got to say, in the, in the grand final, he's a little, as <laughs> Randy Jackson would say, pitchy dog, pitchy in parts. <laughs> <laughs> that song's strength is not, you know, it's not, the, it's not, a, the, it's not the, like the a singing ballad, quality. you know, it's like, sure. But you have to consider this sort of things when you're talking about like, well, who wins Eurovision? Absolutely. Yes. And I have to admit, Lorene, like Tattoo is not my favorite song in the competition, but you cannot deny that Lorene is an incredible vocalist. No, I don't care about the For all the consternation I have with Lorraine's songs, her ability to to perform them has never been an issue for me. You can't deny it. She's got the pipes. Okay, 
real quick. Let's take the top three songs of Eurovision. We got Lorene's Tattoo. We got Karia's Cha Cha Cha. We got Unicorn. And let's take all three elements of what takes to win Eurovision. Lyrics, song vocals, and stage performance. And you tell me which of them win each category. Let's start with vocal performance. Of the three, who wins it? I Lorraine, think Lorene's the best singer of no those context. three, for sure. Lyrics, who wins this? Karia. I think Karia's song is, for me, the most relatable. Okay, I say Tattoo. And third, stage performance. Which one wins it? Karia. Hands down. Finland. I say Lorene's Tattoo. Are you kidding me? The two blocks slowly being lifted up by the power of Lorene and her <laughs> stone nails? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying it's... She performed brilliantly. She said, I'm going to go to whatever planet Dune takes place. <laughs> Arrakis. Sure. And I'm going to teach these sandworms a thing or two. Okay? And that's what she did. Missed opportunity could have had that in Dune chapter the Dune two. soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just expecting a cameo for from Lorene in Dune 2. Honestly, it would make sense. <laughs> So it it would work. It fits. Yeah. She, wouldn't even, she wouldn't even have to change. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. It's, the song is performed brilliantly. It absolutely is. But when I think about everything Karia did on that stage, jumping off that box, the fact that he almost brained himself on that wire and did it. Yeah, truly. True. Yikes. I mean, the human centipede, which is definitely a caterpillar. They they say it's not the human centipede. It's a caterpillar. Yeah, it's it's turning into a butterfly. <laughs> it's the human centipede. <laughs> that is crazy. That is party. It is crazy. And it is party. That embodies the Eurovision spirit more than many things that I saw on stage and this year mm. and in previous years. When people ask me, what do I need about need to know about Eurovision? I show them that. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, we've heard a lot of different opinions about everything that's happened uh, in the semis, in the finals, and there's a lot of different opinions to have about Eurovision, but we want to do a segment where everyone gets their own chance to voice their own opinion because it's my time. It's my time, it's my time, my moment. I'm not gonna let go of me. That was the legendary Jade Yuen performing uh, in 2009. Uh, that song was amazing. Here's a fun fact for you kids. Andrew Lloyd Webber wrote that. Ooh, now that is a And fun he performed fact. it on the Eurovision stage. He was there playing alongside. We'll talk about it enough in a future episode. It's going to be yes. great. Yes, but now, Dimitri, it's your time. You get 30 seconds to talk about whatever you would like, and we're not allowed to interrupt. We may respond afterwards, but, Dimitri... It's your time. Blanca of Poland should never have been allowed in this contest. The Polish public broadcaster rigged it in her favor. Her mother works there. One of her favorite choreographers is on the jury. As soon as votes started coming in for other people, they stopped counting and let her speed to victory. Her performance at the national final was absolutely awful. Dreadful. Should have never won. Should have never even been on the stage. The fact that she is an open fascist and then said that people who were poor, or sorry, agreed with the statement that people who were poor and from the margins of society, aka gay people, should have never competed against and that's time. <laughs> I think you make a great case for her not being in the show. Case. And also why we're not devoting more of this episode. We could do a whole Poland episode, baby. Yeah, but we're not we're not gonna give her the time of day. Oscar, you've got the will, you've got the right. It's your time. Your vision, wake 
up, babies. Why was Germany in last place, okay? Blood and Glitter should have gotten more votes. What, were y'all sleeping on them? What the hell? You saw that performance. You saw the vibes. You saw him literally being like, come on Eurovision, let's go. And you saw that performance, a cool song, unique song, really fun song, really nice guy, really nice band. And y'all give him like a mis, I don't even know how many points Germany got, but they came in last place. Listen, give this song a second chance. It's boppable. And that's time. But I have to agree with you. That song, it's boppable. An easily top 10 song. All right, fantastic. Now, Jeremy, it is your turn. It's your time. Noah Carell of Israel, you are so obviously a very talented singer and dancer. Your skills are not in question, but I have to ask, what is the vibe of this song? Because it feels kind of all over the place. You say you're going to stand here like a unicorn. Like, is that a thing people associate with unicorns, like the way they stand? And you don't need to ask us if we want to see you dance. We've been watching you dance for two minutes and we're at Eurovision and I'm not entirely sure we have a choice in the matter either way. I think you're probably going to come back to Eurovision in a few years with a better, clearer song. Time, and probably win the time, whole thing. time. You weren't feeling feminine, feminine, feminine about it? Am I in Team Israel right now? Am I <laughs> Team Israel right now? Israel was not in my top 10. It was well-performed. Wow. Well, Oscar, if it makes you feel any better, you are with the rest of the world, not just Europe. Listen, I just think, yes, the song is very, it's good. It's not great. The To me, the staging was, it's not getting my deuce point. It's getting my D point. You know, it's getting 10 points. Okay. For me. You know, it okay. comes in second place. Because it just, the choreography is so amazing. Like, so you look at the choreography and it's fantastic. To me, felt like, I'm not confident in this song, so I'm going to put everything else in this basket. So it would be like, well, it, you know, there's a lot of stuff in it. So True, but it worked for me. It didn't work for me. Listen, I love a too much salad. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a too much salad. It's your vision, baby. No. What you want? Just a Caesar for me. So, Laureen is the winner. That means 2024, we're headed back to Sweden. We are going That's back. That's right. And not just anywhere in Sweden. Dimitri, where are we heading? We are heading to beautiful, beautiful Malma. Malma. Mm. Now, you might be wondering, why are we going to Malma? for such a grand occasion. And not say Stockholm. Well, the biggest arena in Stockholm is a wonderful place called Friends Arena. It's very famous. Lots of Swedish people go there for a delightfully very, very... Scandinavian name for an arena. <laughs> it's a great place. You know, they, they held Melfest there all the time. But Eurovision 2024 will be held the week of May 11th. It's, uh, semis on the 7th, uh, semifinal two is on the 9th, finals on the 11th. Guess who's gonna be in Friends Arena? That same weekend, Taylor Swift. And that's your connection to oh, the Eras Tour. Oh my gosh, full circle moment. Full circle, baby. If you can't do it in Friends Arena, you can't do it anywhere else. So Stockholm was immediately Stockholm's out of the run. out, okay. Also, I got to assume whoever owns Friends Arena is like, we are not canceling the Eras Tour. Yeah. <laughs> do you know how much money we are going to make? <laughs> Mm -hmm. <laughs> Mama hosted in 92 and in 2013. Mama's got it down. We're going to have a great time in Mama. I can't wait. Sounds great. And hopefully all of you will join us here on Eurovangelist and we'll talk about all the great artists that are going to be coming to Mama. That's right. And uh, congratulations to Laureen for winning with Tattoo Absolutely. and winner, winner, Sustroming Dinner, <laughs> which is a Swedish uh, delicacy, which I... I'm sure I butchered. No, no, you got. It. I think you got it perfect. And in winning, Laureen becomes the second ever two-time winner of Eurovision. 
We all know Johnny Logan is Mr. Eurovision. We'll do a Johnny Logan episode someday. But yes, Johnny Logan, Mr. Eurovision. The question as to who was Mrs. Eurovision has been up for debate for years. Because there, until 2023, there are a lot of great answers. The answer is now definitively Lorraine. And now we know. If you're a two-time Eurovision winner, you're Mrs. Eurovision. So congratulations to Lorraine. But we are neither the Eurovision jury, nor are we the entire voting public. I would like to know your personal top three mm. of the 2023 Eurovision. Ooh, that's a great question. Uh, Oscar, would you like to go first? Sure. Eight points in third place would go to Finland's Cha Cha Cha. Fantastic song. We talked about it ad nauseum. Ten points would go to Lorene's Tattoo. Sucker for the song. And number one would be Belgium's Entry. Wow. Gustav. Gustav's, because of you. Because of you. It For me, honestly, it just speaks to me personally as a gay man uh, and also a house music aficionado. It is just literally all in my elements. Also, they had literal real voguing done in the performance. How can you not love it? Vocally, Gustav killed it. Um, so that's my deuce point. We did not discuss Gustav much in this episode, but if you listen to our Eurovision 101 uh, episode, we talk a lot about how much we love Gustav and mm-hmm. that, this particular performance. And if I'm giving my top three, I would also have Cha 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 at number three. I think I'm going to put Gustav at number two because that's probably oh. the song that I listen to the most from this Eurovision. <gasps> that makes me so happy. It's an excellent song for just like, ugh. and you turn it on and you're like, I feel good now. <laughs> but I think, and this only became my number one with the rewatch. Stop. No way. Is it? But my number one is Czechia with uh, <clears throat> Vesna, uh, My Sister's Crown. That is a Great really song. good song and their performance is really excellent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's my number one. But I also, rewatching it, I would say Tattoo is probably my number four. Mm. <laughs> All right, Dimitri, you're right, you're giving some kind of look. Tell us your top three. Just very quickly, tattoos at twenty one for me. Wow, <laughs> you've got to be joking, my friend. And that is what we call a scalding hot take. What can I say? I can only be me. Um, <laughs> my eight points go to Germany. Uh, blood and glitter. Ooh, blood and glitter. Okay, there we go. My ten points go to Australia. Promise. My mm. Voyager, excellent. My douze points. Top award, got to go with my girls Vesna from Czechia, My Sister's Crown, absolutely killed it. So your evangelists deem My Sister's Crown to be the winner of our personal year business song contest. And probably second place sounds like Gustav. Gustav with Maureen in third. And that's the magic of Eurovision. It's like, you know, everyone's got their own picks. And hey, what we're doing right now, I guarantee if you're watching Eurovision for the first time with your friends, you're going to do the exact same thing we just did Mm -hmm. of like, absolutely. Your picks are going to be different than our picks, which are going to be different than the official picks. And like, that's just how it works. That's the fun of Eurovision is like certain Mm -hmm. songs are just going to light you up and certain songs you're going to be like, are going to be a 21 (laughs) for you, (laughs) even though they won Eurovision. (laughs) That's not the first time that's happened to me. It will not be the last. Mm. The longer you watch Eurovision, the more it'll happen to you. So thank you for recapping 2023's Eurovision in Liverpool with the three of us. We hope you had a good time. I know we had a good time talking about it. Heck yeah. Uh, This hypes me up for 24 even more. Let's do it. Yeah, I got to say, I am 
officially hyped up for 2024 if you're thinking to yourself like wow you guys were talking about so much about national finals about songs that didn't make it to the show about all this stuff that's what we're gonna have for you every single week leading up to eurovision 2024 in malma sweden we're gonna be bringing you all the national finals dimitri's got a whole guide to national finals next week I'm so excited to share it with you. This is going to be one of the best national final seasons. Just looking at some of the people who are competing for the first time, some of the people who are coming back trying to represent their country again. Oh, we're going to have a good time during this national final season. Now, if you heard this episode and have some opposing views, I don't know why you would have them to begin with, but if you do, or if you want to comment on some of the entries of 2023 or what's to come, you can reach out to us on X at your evangelist on Instagram at your evangelist and on Gmail at your evangelist at gmail.com. We're everywhere, baby. And we want to talk Eurovision all the time. Constantly. We love, we love questions. We love comments. We love arguments. We love agreements. We love everything. You know what? If you are a peaked Jacks fan <laughs> out there, hit me up. Cause I need to know. I just need to know if there's any San Marino fans out there. We're just getting an email from the Peak Jacks. <laughs> Peak Jacks Army, come and stand up for your boys. Yeah, Peak Jackies, come, come, come to, me. come to me. Thank you so much for listening with us, and we will see you next week for Dimitri's Guide to All the National Finals Worth Watching. This has been Eurovangelists, your guide to the Eurovision Song Contest. Your hosts have been myself, Jeremy Bent, Oscar Montoya, and Dimitri Pompey. Our theme was arranged and recorded by Cody McCory and Faith Adam. The Eurovangelist logo was designed by Tom Deha. Production support for this show was provided by the Maximum Fun Network, in particular Stacey Molsky and Laura Swisher. We call her the Swish. Audio mixing help was courtesy of the sound wizard himself, Shane O'Connell. You can find us on social media as at Eurovangelists on Twitter and Instagram, or send us an email at Eurovangelists at gmail.com. Also, follow the Eurovangelist account on Spotify and check out our playlists of Eurovision hits, competitors in upcoming national finals, and companion playlists to every single episode, including this one. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Eurovision.